Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. As of this recording, it is January the 29th, and this is going to be episode 96. Again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week to our weekly JRPG podcast. We don't have very many stories for you guys to to really talk about, but we do have some good ones. And we had some lively discussions over on the Facebook page that I want to uh, bring to light. And I think they're kind of fun and, and funny at times. So we'll get into that at the very end. Don't forget to give us a like on Facebook. You can find all the stories that we talk about there, as well as at JRPG Report on Twitter. I share um, a lot of the same things there, as well as a few other fun things that sometimes people post on Twitter. As you know, it can be a bit of a wild west out there, but uh, we do that. Subscribe on YouTube. We do a video form of this podcast there every week. It may take a few days for me to piece it all together with all the trailers and different media that we talk about here. Um, but I'll invite you to do that. We do a live stream most nights of the games that I'm playing through. Uh, don't forget, we have listener support as well. Uh, we've got six awesome people doing that right now. But I'll be more than happy to take your uh, support, and not only in terms of listening to the podcast every week, downloading it, uh, leaving us a review, but also if you feel free, uh, feel the uh, desire to support us. I cannot thank you enough. Um, if you choose to do that and major kudos to those who already have, but let's get into it. The first, uh, story I want to talk about is it was kind of a bit of a light news week, but, uh, we want to talk about persona five scramble, the phantom strikers and a new playable character. And his name is, let's see, let me, I will do my best here. Then Kichi Asagawa, and uh, he appears to be a bit older than the uh, Phantom Thieves, um, and uh, it appears he has a daughter that may not quite be uh, Joker's age, uh, maybe a few years younger, so uh, this is an older gentleman and a instant hero for uh, <laughs> uh, people like myself who, let's be honest, I mean, most of the genre, it is high school, um, college age, uh, individuals, uh, sometimes you do get some older characters, uh, in there, but by and large, it is a young person's, uh, game, so to speak, but, uh, it's always cool to see some older, older individuals make it into it. So let's talk about him. Um, he's the newest member to join the ranks of the Phantom Thieves. And uh, they also outlined some uh, some new, or at least some cities that we got some details about that they will be visiting. For, but first on uh, Zengechi, he uh, they say he awakens to his persona abilities and fights against evil alongside the Phantom Thieves. Now he wields a large sword, kind of not, I guess you'd call it a great sword if by... Your other standard uh, games, it would look like he's wielding a great sword. But he also has his uh, twin pistols with the sword. He has a very good reach. He fights using Absorption to steal HP from enemies and Berserk, which reduces his HP but increases his attack power. Now, his persona is called Valjean. 
In addition to almighty and gun attribute skills, he also specializes in skills that strengthens his allies. Got a chance to check him out. This is all a part of uh, Morgana's travel report number five. And it looks like he'll be a lot of fun to take into battle with him. Um, in addition to all the other playable characters that you already know about in the new character, Sophia, is to the uh, original roster of Persona 5. Um, they announced that a downloadable demo for the game will launch on the PlayStation Store and Nintendo eShop on February 6th in Japan. A live launch stream ahead of the game's February 20th release was also confirmed with details to be announced at a later date. Now, the two cities that they talked about, uh, Kyoto, the former historic capital city, they say with its valuable cultural heritage, such as temples and shrines, Kyoto is one of the Japan's latest leading tourist cities. Another proposal of the public safety officer, Zengechi, Zengechi, I'll get it eventually, who <laughs> is going along with them. The Phantom Thieves stop by there. Uh, this is Zen. Zenkechi's home, where his daughter, uh, Akane, lives. Now, she seems to be a big fan of everything related to the Phantom Thieves of Hearts. However, there is, even in Kyoto, there's a jail that awaits the Phantom Thieves. They decide to challenge Kyoto Jail, which has the appearance of a large shrine. Inside are countless Tori gates, which warp you to a completely different location when passed through. If you try to move through recklessly, you will never reach your destination. The gel must be cleared with the utmost caution. But something happens to Zenkechi's body in the Kyoto jail. I believe that is when his uh, persona is awoken. You can see that in one of the trailers. And it's uh, pretty cool. So they also talk about Osaka, the city of food and humanity. Well, I like the sound of that. This is the largest city in Western Japan, dubbed, quote, the city where you eat until you drop. It is a place filled with food and humanity. It is also where the headquarters of the global IT company, Madis, is located, M-A-D-I-C-C-E. It appears to be deeply involved in the current conversion incidents, quote, unquote, there. Um, is a character by the name of Akira Kone is president of Madis. He is a go-getter president who has caught the hearts of many with his innovative services and charismatic nature. And awaiting the Phantom Thieves in Osaka is the Osaka Jail, which has the appearance of a futuristic city. It is an impeccable, impeccable. <laughs> I cannot say that word. Impregnable jail. With security robots on patrol and surveillance cameras th located throughout. With powerful and tough enemies to face, it's jail that you'll have to brace yourself to clear. So it's really cool getting the full um, details on Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers. We're getting closer and closer to that Japan release date of February 20th. So hopefully... Once that comes and goes, then we might get that Western release date coming up here pretty soon. Of course, don't have much longer to wait for Persona 5 Royal here in the West, but I am actually looking forward more to this one. As I've mentioned before, it is a sequel. 
in terms of the timeline in the Persona 5 universe. We've got new characters to dive into, and it just looks like a really, really fun game. So if you can't tell, my voice has gone a bit crazy. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't think I'm getting sick, but you know, that's time of year. The yuck is always just around the corner. Um, we got the Persona 5 Royal Meet the Phantom Thieves trailer. Of course, the game is coming out March 31st here in the West, and this is kind of just a uh, an overview um, introduction, I guess, if, uh, if you've not played Persona 5. You know, this is a good way to meet all the characters. Um, of course, you get Joker, Sumi, Ghana, On, Yusuke, Yuji, Koto, Haru, Kataba, and Agechi. They're all in this one. So if you want to check out that trailer, of course you're watching it right now if you're watching this on YouTube, but if you want to see the full thing, head on over to the old Facebook page or on Twitter. Check out the RPG Report and you will find it there. There's a so those were the big two stories that you know it seems like we've been getting a fair amount of Persona Five or Persona Five Scramble news come out each and every week. Um the other kind of big thing that came out, uh, we talked about it a little bit before, um, but there is a, now a set date for the North American Xbox One closed beta for Fantasy Star Online Two. And that's going to be uh, taking place on February 7th through the 9th. Um, the closed beta test will feature fully localized text and character voices in English. Players who participate in the closed beta will retain their progress in the full game when it launches in North America in the spring. Uh, players will be able to customize their own character. You can choose from four unique races and nine classes and join with up to 11 other players to fight alongside each other. There's even going to be a special in-game concert that will be held on February the 8th at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Players who are participating in the beta can meet in the Ship Shopping Plaza for this performance. Um, I've got a link on the Facebook page and uh, so if you go to this story there is a link uh, to sign up for this closed beta I'm not sure if they're still accepting applications for it but it can't hurt to try so if you've got your old Xbox one and you're looking forward to this one you can uh, get in on that now um, there was also news that uh, when the game comes out in Japan for Fancy Star Online 2, it's going to launch on April the 23rd in Japan. And uh, there's going to be a, uh, a special edition planned for it uh, with four, or no, I'm sorry, three uh, special boxes. If you're like I say, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're looking at those images now. It looks like a pretty cool cover, and also some cool character art came along with it. Uh, this is for the physical premium edition of the massive multiplayer online RPG. Um, they're calling this a deluxe package. 
Um, the game itself is free to play with microtransactions. However, you know, there's always going to have your uh, deluxe edition for Switch, PS4, and PC. So that was kind of cool getting to see those different uh, different things. Code Vein is going to launch, or is act, is of as this day, January 29th, is launching their DLC Hellfire Night. Um, <clears throat> there was a trailer to go along with it. This is the first major DLC to be released for the game, and it will release across all platforms. Here's an overview of the game via the Microsoft Store. New powerful foes await in the first Code Vein downloadable content, Hellfire Night. In addition to new weapons, blood veils, and blood codes being added, alternate costumes for your partners are now obtainable from newly added areas in the depths. This add-on will also be available as part of the Code Vein Deluxe Edition, which features both the full game and the season pass that gives access to additional downloadable content. Uh, the game is available now for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, it is available as a part of the season pass, which goes for twenty four ninety nine. I didn't see anywhere as if uh, if it was available separately. I believe it's kind of an all or nothing deal, and this is the beginning of their DLC season. Um, and there's a of course, some images and a new trailer to go along with that. Uh, last week in Japan, Yakuza Like a Dragon was released. And um, actually, this was uh, two weeks ago since its release. Total shipments and digital sales for the game have already exceeded 300,000. Um, general Series General Director, Director Nagoshi announced in the latest Sega Nama broadcast. Um, so I believe that is uh, probably above their expectations shipping-wise for the game, and it looks to be um, uh, their fastest-selling, or at least one of their fastest-selling titles so far. And I'm not surprised. With going to that turn-based battle system, I think this is going to appeal to a, a larger number of potential customers, especially in Japan. It looks like it's pretty cool. Let's take just a quick time out here on the JRPG Report. This is episode 96, and we'll be back with the second half of a few more news stories, and we'll head over to the old Facebook page for some fun over there. All right, guys, we are back, and again, I just, I can't thank you guys enough for, for listening to this podcast every week. It's, I've, you know, I started this a few years ago, and it was obviously just for fun, and it still is primarily just for fun, but I really enjoy getting to know uh, a few people over the years, and um, it's just a joy every week to do this, and I can't thank you guys enough for continuing to listen each and every week as we uh, we try to grow this thing, and I'm, I'm glad you guys are a part of it, and don't forget to tell your friends about it. Uh, you don't mind to share on social media to anybody that you think would be interested in in uh, listening or watching, I do appreciate that each and every time. Let's get back into a few more news stories. Um, Monster Hunter Riders, which is a new Monster Hunter RPG 
However, it is coming to iOS and Android, Capcom announced. It'll be out this winter in Japan as a free-to-play title with item-based microtransactions. Pre-registration is available now via the App Store and Google Play. I'm not sure if that is Japan only. Um, you may be able to to do that and it just, well, that'd be in Japanese. Uh, here is a quick overview of the game. A Great Calamity once attacked the land. Ten Dragon Rider Knights, later called the Ten Great Dragon Knights, saved the land from the Great Calamity. A new connection was formed between humans and monsters, and several hundred years passed. But this continent of Felgia, where humans and monsters live in union, is about to be once again come to flavor by a dark malice. Of course, there was an um, announcement trailer to go along with this, as there has to be, as it is required. And I will keep you guys posted on if this ends up coming stateside, and uh, if it looks to be a a worthy entry in the Monster Hunter series. Um, I don't know a lot about this, and so let's just, I'll quickly state that the Pokemon Company has has launched an official website for what they're calling Pokemon Home, providing a complete overview of the Pokemon Cloud Service application scheduled to launch for the Switch, iOS, and Android devices in February. Here is the about. Pokemon Home is a cloud service for Nintendo Switch and compatible mobile devices designed as a place where all Pokemon can gather. By linking the same Nintendo account to both Nintendo Switch version and mobile version of Pokemon Home, you'll be able to access the same Pokemon boxes on both versions. With Pokemon Home, you can move Pokemon between compatible games, trade Pokemon on the go, and more. Um, without <laughs> knowing a ton about, so they have a handy chart to go along with this. And, uh, in the middle triangle, there is Pokemon home being the central hub and three, no four, uh, circles surrounding it and able to go into it and share back and forth. So you can go back and forth between Pokemon sword and shield on the switch now you can go into Pokemon uh, Home as the arrow is showing me from um, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. You can also go in from uh, the Pokemon Bank on the 3DS and coming soon, Pokemon Go will be able to go uh, from your mobile device into Home. And... Um, that's as much as I really understand about it. This, there is an article that is as long as any Pokemon article ever is, man, they, they know how to, uh, write these things. That's obviously there's a bunch of information about this that, um, will, you will need to get technical about and, and know exactly what's going on. But that's the, uh, that's the cliff notes version of it. You can check out that full story on the old Facebook page. Uh, if you remember last week, we had about 30 minutes of new footage come out for the upcoming game, Death End Request 2. Well, now this week, we've got 17 minutes of dungeon and battle gameplay for this upcoming sequel. Compile Heart released this new video uh, just a few days ago. The game is due out for PlayStation 4 on February 13th 
in Japan. No news yet of a Western release. Um, we'll keep an eye on that one. If you're interested, you can check that out. There's a the last story I want to talk about, and this is from the um, NHK, which is the National Broadcasting Corporation of Japan. They announced it's uh, the intermediate results of the quote every Final Fantasy grand vote unquote it began polling for back in uh, last year on December the twentieth, and so they were voting. Uh, I guess this was fans for. Um, Let's see. They were ranking covered um, characters, bosses and summons, and music. And this is an ongoing vote. This is just the initial um, initial releases for it. And so they've not done... They've got 1 through 10 in the series. They haven't released that one yet. That'll be coming on later. And for the characters, they've actually got 30 total and they have released numbers 11 through 30 so um, i'm sure i'm going to get some of these incorrect and some of these were from the online versions of 11 and 14 so um, um, i will definitely mess some of these up so let's just go in reverse order number 30 is ferris from ff5 29 riku from ff10 Number 28 is Yuffie from Final Fantasy VII. 27, uh, Laguana Lore from Final Fantasy VIII. Um, number 26 is Agrius Oaks from Final Fantasy Tactics. So I guess they're including tactics in this one. 25 is Bartz from Final Fantasy V. 24 is Edgar from Final Fantasy VI. Number 23 is Crystal X-Arc from FF14. 22, my personal, perhaps all-time favorite, is Locke uh, from FF6. Number 21 is um, Shintoto. hope that's correct, from 11. Number 20, Vincent Valentine from FF7. Number 19 is Celis uh, from FF6. Number 18 is Kane from Final Fantasy IV. Number 17 is Terra from 6. Number 16 is Gilgamesh from FF5. Number 15 is Orin from Final Fantasy X. Number 14 is Noctis at, uh, from Final Fantasy XV. I've got a real problem with Noctis being above all these people. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, 13, a Squall from Final Fantasy VIII. Number 12, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. And number 11, hope I get this one right, is Asian Emmett South. I completely got that one so wrong. I'm sorry, from Final Fantasy XIV. So numbers one through ten will be coming out. I believe they said what is this? Uh, the final vote will be. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the final program is going to air on February 29th. Uh, the website is open through February 11th. So we should get some more results from this 
um, pretty soon. Let's go through the music, which is kind of odd. They they have one through ten, and they have not released the first three yet. So let's go with uh, number ten as the main theme. You know, the recurring theme that goes through all the Final Fantasies. Number nine, Fight On from Final Fantasy seven. Number eight is Melodies of Life, Final Fantasy from FF9. Number seven, <laughs> appropriately enough, is Aerith's Theme from seven. Number six, One Winged Angel from seven. Number five is Eyes on Me from FF8. And number four is Blinded by Light from Final Fantasy 13. So more than a few left to go in that. In the bosses and summons category, also they have 30 listed. And uh, some of these are going to be from multiple um, games. So this is 11 through 30, and I'll just read the the name of them. Uh, 30 is Yajimu. Number 29 is the Demon Wall. Number 28 is Typhoon. Number 27 is Titania. Number 26 is Ultimate Weapon. 25, Neo X Death. 24 is Transcuja. 23 is oh, Shinryu. 27, Ozma. 21, Diablos. 20 is the Phantom Train, which I'm pretty sure was only in FF6. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's, that is iconic. Got to suplex that thing. 19, Omega. 20, or, uh, number 18, Siasmet. 17, Titan. 16, Odin. They've got it as FF13. Of course, he's been in almost all of them. 15, Cloud of Darkness. Uh, number 14, Suikoyomo. I got that probably wrong. 13, Bahamut. That's seems like that should be higher. Uh, number 12 is... Uh, Rubicante, and 11 as safe, Safer Sephiroth. So we've got some big ones coming up in 1 through 10, obviously. So that's pretty cool. Um, I kind of stumbled upon that story, and I thought that was interesting. It'd be cool to see the last couple ones to be announced here uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, so the last thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, straight... From the old Facebook page. And I asked a couple uh, fun questions. Um, and we got some interesting results. Uh, the first one. Uh, let's, let's, let's leave that one. Because that one's fun. Um, I had. Of course last. Podcast. Was the. My most. My top 10 most anticipated games. For 2020. And we had a late entry or a reaction kind of uh, from Jordan on these. And uh, I guess he was kind of just talking about what, uh, how he felt after it. So he had a couple comments. He said, uh, number one, with regards to being excited about Persona 5 Royal, I'm definitely with you on this one. Uh, he says, I put so much time into Persona 5 and loved it, but don't feel like I want to spend time to get through the entire game again just to get to that third semester. It is it is a tough sticking point. It'd be a little different if the game was 40 hours long, but if you got through Persona 5, you know exactly um, 
how long <laughs> you got to put into it. And he also says, I'm not sure why they didn't just make it so you could load your Persona 5 clear data and begin with that third uh, third semester. He says, like you, I'm definitely makes me not quite as excited about the game. Um, he says, number two, FF7 Remake. He says, I'm so excited about this game as well. But what worries me the most is when they release it, the sequels... Uh, when will they release the sequels that will uh, comprise the rest of the story? How many parts will it be? So many questions and no answers. Um, he says, I feel like it will be a little disappointing to have the game end just when leaving Midgar, knowing inside that the story is just really beginning. I mean, if they release a sequel every two years, I, he says I'm going to be middle-aged by the time I get through the entire story. That aspect just concerns me. It almost feels like it's going to be like a, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, every two, two and a half. Uh, of course, with these newest Star Wars, it's been every uh, every year, but we've gotten something. But it almost feels like it's going to be a major theatrical release, big Hollywood movie type of release schedule that we're going to get for uh, FF7 Remake. Praying that's not the case. But man, it, it does have all the feels of, you know, we're getting this one in April. Best case, excuse me, we see part two by like next Christmas, 2021. That's what it kind of feels like. Uh, he says, number three, I definitely understand you feeling about placing Cold Steel 4 at the top of your list. He says, since you haven't already played it and you don't know what happens in the story. Even when games are reimagined, they can be really fun, but it isn't exciting as when you play not knowing what's going to happen. He says, when I listen to you talk about Cold Steel games, it makes me want to play. Uh, I want to start Cold Steel 1 instead of playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 like I'm playing to do. He's Yeah, he's in a... <laughs> Jordan, you are in for a lot of uh, JRPG playing those uh, really long games, and I hope you can get up to it. He says, at this rate, I feel like it'll be 2025 by the time I kept up catch up to the current game in the series these games are long guys we all know that when we sign up for these ones um how long and how uh, dedicated you have to be in order to um in order to play them and if you're like myself time is time is short you've only got so much of it um also in reaction to that we did get a couple of uh submissions for people's own um most anticipated games. Jeff says it's number one, Tales of Arise. And he's also looking forward to DBZ Kakarot, which is out. He can play that one. And Gears Tactics. He says that's the only ones that come to mind. Adam has one, and it's Tales of Arise. And I cannot blame him for being super excited about this one. I think we all uh, are really looking forward to it. Michael says Persona 5 Royal, FF7 Remake, Fairy Tale, Tales of Arise. And Project Secure Wars, which I believe they're just going to call Secure Wars when it, whatever it does, finally make it out um, here in the U.S. And Jake says Cold Steel Four takes all the spots on my list. Uh, he says although he does not believe it's going to be a 2020 release, and of course my response was we can dream, and we can really hope. And Ask America gets on it and gets that one out soon. We can really, really hope. Uh, I had a fun one that I'll end up this podcast with, and it was uh, just a question of blank is not a JRPG. Fill in the blank. Uh, 
um, had some internet. There's really uh, there was some right responses. <laughs> Jordan says Mega Man Legends, and uh, is like, oh, that's a hot take for sure. Um, RP a 3D action game with light RPG elements definitely does not make you into a JRPG, and that's a game I have not thought about in quite a long time. A lot of clamoring for uh, there was a part two, wasn't there? One was sure so. A three, a number three has been asked for, uh, for a long time, and both um, both uh, Tara and Dalton nailed it for me with uh, Tara saying uh, Legend of Zelda, and Dalton replying Breath of the Wild. Legend of Zelda is not JRPG, and I think we as a, um, I think we can kind of. Agree for the most part in the community on that, and then I feel like there's people that are more outside the community that view it as one because it has role playing elements, in particular Breath of the Wild, um, more so than perhaps previous entries, although all they are are the, the same idea, and that's that's I can agree with it, that's for sure. And and Jake says Die Hard which I didn't even know was a game outside that amazing arcade Die Hard trilogy game that came out. And uh, he says, oh, in a, in the subsequent comic, he said, oh, wait, that's a Christmas movie, which it is perhaps the greatest Christmas movie. Awesome movie. So uh, thanks for everybody who chimed in on that. If you want to be part of these shenanigans, head over to the Facebook page and give us a like. And we try to have some fun conversations on that. Share uh, collections, um, just talk about the games that we love when we, you know, take a break from playing them or while we're supposed to be doing work, you know, all that good stuff. Anyway, that's going to wrap up episode 96. It was a, well, you know, after last week, we, we certainly had to go shorter than that. That was a marathon, but, uh, don't forget all the fun stuffs where we're supposed to get likes and subscribes and, uh, retweets and all this. I'm still getting used to all this Twitter stuff. It's new to me. But I appreciate each and every one of you guys listening every week, having fun with us, and uh, check us out next week. We'll be back with more fun here on the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. Until next time, guys, get back out there and level up.